The pandemic has shown us that public health is not the sole responsibility of the government. The private sector, the companies that we work for, play an outsized role in our lives and our health, not just our physical health, but our well-being too. Erica M. Modina is the founder and CEO of Project Fort, a health data consultancy that develops wellness strategies for workforces, schools, and other communities. In this B-Side episode, she tells Business World reporter Patricia B. Marisol how the private sector can contribute to public health with the help of data. You'll also hear from Santiago J. Arnaiz, Project Fort's co-founder and COO. He pops in for a bit to talk about how companies might be spending on the wrong things when it comes to employee health. Full disclosure, Mr. Arnaiz, Tiago, used to work for Business World. We're happy to have him back, this time as a resource person in this episode. Tell us more about Project Ford. How did it come about? Maybe let's first define what health is, uh, you know, just to give a brief background. So health isn't just the absence of a disease. It's also a complete mental, physical, social well-being of a person. And a person's health is being affected by where a person lives, where a person is born, where a person grows up. And the key term there would be the social networks that a people or a person rather belongs to that affects a person's health. And one of that setting where a person is in would be working conditions. And because of that, we have to understand that supportive environments in health um, really plays a big role how a person is mentally, physically, and socially. And that is sort of where we started looking into how a workplace can affect a person's health. We realize that companies have been spending too much on health, but they are not getting the positive health outcomes with those investments. And then that's when we came about Project Fort. Talking about workplace safety and health, the mm. Philippines, of course, has an occupational safety and health law. And in fact, in 2018, there was a Republic Act that was enacted to strengthen the compliance of that law. Mm. Given the context of COVID, do you think that the standards written in that law are still up to snuff or do they need updating? The pandemic definitely um, showed the gaps in occupational health and the laws. And definitely it needs more updating in terms of one, how healthy are our workplace? We don't know the baseline of that. There is no assessment of a person's health and how healthy a company is. Two, how can we deliver different services of health to our employees in an efficient and better way? And three, there are so many factors that affect a person's health, like what I mentioned. But the last thing that we don't really look into would be the physical place where a person works. And that plays into the pandemic. How safe is it for me to go to work knowing that I'm not going to be socially distant? How crowded are our offices? How safe are we to go to places, especially if we are essential workers? And I think those things are the gaps that we noticed. And, you know, employers are trying to do their best to be able to help their employees. But there's really is a lot of policy that we have to be able to try to change because of that. 
Another important aspect about work nowadays is teleworking. What are the teleworking standards in the Philippines and what are the mm-hmm. rooms for improvement there? So right now, it actually varies per company. So this is where you would really see how important companies play in the role of a person's health and in a workplace setting. So because there are no standards and they're just guidelines, that's when you would need more people on the ground to be part of companies' care teams. That's where wellness teams and companies play a role. That's where more employers have to invest in health because we don't know if our employees are burned out. And that's when another set of people would have to come in because that would be beyond how HR would view their employees. And that is sort of what we are trying to envision with Project Form. I hear that you consult with the Department of Health. So do you consult with them in terms of occupational safety? And so we're talking about standards. Do you mention to them, you know, how these current standards need to be updated? So through our research firm, Epimetrics, we actually conduct reviews and evidence summaries for the department. So we consult through looking at what other countries have been doing. How could we best implement these strategies in the Philippines? So one highlight is actually including people with comorbidities to be part of the vaccination priorities. So before that, It was actually just healthcare workers, senior citizens. So we pushed for people with comorbidities to be a part of the priority list. And also we did a couple of scorecards to be given to the local government units for COVID-19. So these scorecards equip the local government to come up with these baseline standards and also indicators to see if they are at risk or what are the things that they should do to be able to prepare them. So talking about having baseline standards and indicators for every LGU, that plays into data. What are the challenges of data collection in terms of public health? Like what I mentioned, I am a researcher and we do conduct both primary and secondary data collection. So for primary data collection, we would have to go on the ground, go to different provinces, municipalities, and really collect data. And one problem there is people aren't collecting data, one. And two, they are collecting data. They just don't know how to make sense of it or there's just too much and we can't create insights there. And, you know, that's a roadblock because how can we ensure that we are turning these um, insights into policies? How can we create or streamline the process from people in the ground up to our important stakeholders, creating those, you know, regulations, creating those policies? So it sounds like the Philippines is a long way away from using electronic medical records as a norm. I would say that we do have a couple of EMRs already rolled out and ongoing. However, I think that we have to strengthen, one, how healthcare workers use it to make sure that we understand their needs. It goes back to, yes, we are collecting data, but are the people who are giving us the data 
easily sending this to us? Do they understand the importance of the data that they are giving? So it really is a two-way thing from those people wanting to make sense of the data and those healthcare workers, our barangay health workers who are inputting the data. They have to understand that these would be meaningful insights. The paperwork, transferring it to the computer, this will lead somewhere. And I think that is where there is a disconnect because, you know, they are collecting data for COVID. They are collecting data for vaccine rollout. But how can we empower them when we still see inefficiencies at the top? And that's where we really need to do both um, bottom-up and top-down strategies in empowering people to be data heroes or data champions. People nowadays are willing to give up their personal information whenever they go to establishments like restaurants because of the need for contact tracing. But post-pandemic, people won't be as willing to give up such information. How do you strike a balance between the need for personal privacy versus the need for public health monitoring? Again, we have to understand why people are apprehensive giving their personal information. If they don't understand the need for this, if they don't see the point of giving this data, then they would not want to be willing to give it, right? And the first step there really is to empathize. And empathizing is hearing, understanding, learning, and immersing yourself to the people. And with that, you'll really see the discrepancy that people don't really want to give out their data because they don't see the importance of it. Since they don't see change, they don't see whatever we are collecting turning into meaningful outputs. And that goes with communicating clearly the need for data and communicating clearly that there are laws for data privacy, that we are working our way towards a safer environment either through the cloud or even through data collection. And if we could do that, then I think they'll be able to understand that there are systems in place for data privacy and also whatever they give out will be meaningful insights for public health strategies. What initial steps can companies do to lay the foundation for a resilient digital transformation? For companies, it goes back to having a baseline with your employees. So you need to know how healthy, how sick your employees are. And that starts with collecting data and that starts with knowing your employees. And you can only have that when, one, you have public health champions in the companies knowing the true definition of health, knowing that health is being affected by so many factors beyond a person's individual choice, but also where they work, where they live, where they commute. And aside from that, you have to give them the right tools to be able to collect the data there can be a smarter way, a more efficient way to be able to do this. And I think if you can give the right tools and support and empower companies to be able to do that, then they could make evidence-based health strategies that can definitely, one, save them money, and two, 
create strategies that employees will actually do and that they will learn and love to make themselves healthier as well. So, Tiago? When we talk about the role companies play in the health ecosystem, I think that there are two insights that companies need to take in in order to really understand the role they play. First of all, I think companies need to recognize that they have a larger role in the day-to-day lives of their employees. From working conditions to the financial support they provide to the health resources they provide, And to my second point, which is the financial incentive towards developing better health strategies for their employees. In our research around Project Fork, we we found that annually, Filipino businesses were losing 100 billion pesos due to poor employee health. This is based on the most recent data from the Philippine Statistics Authority. And that's in spite of companies already spending roughly 150 billion pesos trying to take care of their employees. So that's split across medicines, in-house care providers, HMO benefits. So despite the increasing investment companies are making in employee health, uh, workplaces at large are still becoming less and less healthy. So Erica touched on that earlier. And that in turn is costing businesses more and more, right? So the takeaway here is that when it comes to health, most companies are spending their money on the wrong things. And this is because of a lack of proper insight into employee care that can only be gleaned given the right tools and expertise. The question then is, where can we find these tools and where can we find that expertise? And I think that's where the health tech ecosystem comes into play as partners in developing these competencies for companies. This sounds great, but it also sounds resource intensive. So how can MSMEs with limited resources manage to create a robust data infrastructure for themselves? Well, I mean, the quick answer is to find a partner in the tech community. So if a company is looking for increasing their employees' baseline of health, then what you need to look for is either a research firm that deals in tech, that understands the processes involved in measuring that baseline of health, assessing the interventions, right, to see which ones would be most effective. But if, let's say, the goal of a company is to reduce health expenditures, then there are many other partners you can find in the ecosystem who specialize in financial data. And then there are also these hybrid firms who are striking the balance between them, right? Recognizing that one, they understand the role that companies play in the care ecosystem and therefore can ensure that health expenditures are low while also developing better care strategies so that employees are at their best so they can deliver their best. For MSMEs, what are you prioritizing here? Is it employee care, right? Are you a talent-focused firm? Because if that's the case, you should be prioritizing employee care. Otherwise, um, maybe you're prioritizing the uh, compliance. If compliance is your primary concern, then maybe employee care is more of a checklist situation rather than a proactive one. We need to identify which institutions are the scaffolding towards building a healthier future. And the government is one, and the government is doing as much as they can. But there are also other institutions. Say the university setting is another one. Uh, LGUs is a major one. Workplaces are, in my opinion, the most accessible one because they not only have the organization, but the financial incentive to invest in health. And I think through the workplace, we really can build roads towards a healthier future for all Filipinos. Talking about a healthier future for all Filipinos, that also, of course, involves public-private partnerships. Given that, what incentives can the government provide the private sector in order to get the private sector to invest in public health? 
for countries like the Philippines and other low middle income countries, public private partnerships are more common. And there is evidence that these types of partnerships really would lead to better health outcomes. And the reason why private companies would work with the government is because they know that they would be affected some way, somehow, if they don't play a role. And for companies, definitely there is a burden that they are experiencing. And right now, like where we are situated in the middle of the pandemic, these companies would get tired. So for the government, they could either, one, make partnerships easier, communicate, be firm, and whatever they have talked about with regulations, with different types of processes, they stick to that. They don't take back what they've already talked about. And it really goes back to clear communication and making sure that working with the government is easy for private companies. and. They only have one goal and one aim anyways. It's to save lives, to help their employees, and to help Filipinos. You touched on low-income countries. I wonder if it's possible for private companies to help strengthen the public health system in a way for it to work better for the poor. Most countries, apart from the Philippines, have been doing that. Going back to the pandemic, we've seen hospitals in other countries that have already reached out and formed formal partnerships with the government, extending their help that, okay, this certain parking lot would be for whatever public hospital that do not have bed space anymore. We've already seen that in Mexico, in Ghana. And these are things that they have done beyond what is happening in the pandemic. And uh, I guess this brings in systems thinking. And systems thinking is looking into how the health system as a whole will be affected by all the parts. And that includes the private partnerships. So private companies or the private sector can help in medicines, can help in human resources, can help in financial incentives, can help in health information, and then, you know, can also lead and appeal and empower policies with the government. And I think we've seen that also in the Philippines with the vaccine rollout and the vaccine management. Right now, what we have to understand is this type of partnership should go beyond COVID-19. And we have to make sure that companies aren't burned out after this because of the help that they've been constantly giving to their employees. Moving forward, how can both the private and public sectors work together to ensure that any future disease outbreak would not have as devastating an impact as the current one? We have to do an analysis of what we already have, what we are encountering or what we've encountered. And we can do an analysis in these building blocks. One, human resources to 
our medicines and our technologies, three health information system, and then our policies, and then our service delivery networks. And I think from there, we can come up with how can private companies or the private sector change our existing system. We can't solve if we don't know what the problem is. And there are problems in these different building blocks. But for data itself, we should also do an analysis in what are the things we're collecting? What do we already know? What do we have? So for the past couple of months, you know, we've been collecting COVID-19 cases, their death and their hospitalization, ventilators, but that can go beyond. So because we have empowered people already in the ground to collect that, then in the future, we could collect number of bed space per hospital. So we know if a hospital has free bed space or we need to go to another hospital for that, we can now collect medicines if it's available for the nearest existing drugstores to make it easier for people to go to the drugstore and not spend time going around looking for medicine. And because of that, we could better analyze how partnerships can happen. So for human resources, we have to partner with schools. Who are the schools that are training our future healthcare workers, our doctors, our nurses, our midwives? And then we move towards health information. Who are the companies that can help empower the LGUs to use technology to be able to collect this data. And then, of course, we have our leadership and governance and, you know, who are our research firms, our private research firms that can show these stakeholders that, hey, this is the evidence and this should be the policy. And I think this is the perfect time to be able to rebuild the health system because people understand its importance. And that's what I'd always like to say, that you could be part of public health without being a doctor, without being a healthcare worker. You just have to know the different systems where you could be a part of and then build solutions from that. And that concludes another episode of B-Side. Once again, you heard Erica M. Modina and Santiago J. Arnaiz, co-founders of health data consultancy Project Fork, speaking with Business World reporter Patricia B. Mirasol. According to Tiago, businesses are losing 100 billion pesos every year due to poor employee health, despite spending around 150 billion pesos trying to take care of their employees. Solutions do exist in the health tech space. And, as Ms. Modina said, we all have a renewed appreciation of the roles we play in public health. Here's hoping that our public health system comes out of this pandemic stronger and more resilient. This episode was recorded remotely on May 5. This is Samuel Marcelo. Thanks for listening. Music